this latest edition of Vinyl Analysis. Mike and Shannon from Red Light Go helped me break down Rat's debut album, Out of the Cellar. When this album first came out, a friend of mine bought it. I went over to his house and he got grounded. So he was up in his room and I stood outside the front of his house and he opened his window, put a speaker out in the window and played round and round for me like 17 times in a row. What a good dude. <laughs> Loved it, man. Final analysis. I'm your host, Arch Madness. Uh, along with me for the ride, as he is uh, on every episode, he is the Warren to my D Martini, producer Greg Hansberry. What's up, I, brother? I, I was going to say, I'm your D to your I, Martini. Yeah, I know, I know. I was just, I'm getting lazy with it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm making me the first name and you the fucking yeah, last you know, name. It's you really. Can split it up every once in a while. Yeah, I was like, I'm the David Lee. You're the David Lee to my rock. You can even play with the Martini. I'm your Olive. You're right. Fuck that up, man. That's I really right. should have. I love you, man. Well, it's all best. good. It's all good. <laughs> and joining us, this is going to be a good one, man. This is going to be a good one. We have Mike and Shannon from Red Light Go. What yeah. is up, gentlemen? How you doing, man? How you doing? Good to see you guys. Good, good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming in, man. man this is thanks cool. Thanks for having us in. We're going to talk about one of our uh, favorite records from the 80s, man. I'm it's looking forward to this. And and quite honestly, if you've uh, been following Twitter or Facebook or, or you know the news, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be talking a lot more about the the singer of this band to kind of get it started. <laughs> but but first things first, we have this uh, we have this segment on the show. It is called "What's on Your Table." <laughs> What's on your table? And we'll go ahead and uh, we'll start with producer Greg. Producer Greg, what are you jamming on currently, man? All right. Well, uh, we, we are recording this show on uh, October 9th. I don't mind dating. Oh, behind because, the curtain. Well, because it's close to Halloween, and I'm Halloween's one of my favorite times of the year. Right. And uh, you know, there's so, only so many Alice Cooper records that you can get into. Uh, and someone randomly threw this record in like in a, in a donation pile to me and right. I, and I was like, what the fuck is this? The Alan Parsons project okay. debut record. This is the first record that he ever did. They ever did tales of mystery and imagination. Yeah. I know that record. Edgar Allan Poe. Wow. It's fucking huh. weird as shit. That's trippy it's balls deep. there. It's man. very trippy. This is for our 420 friends for sure. <laughs> But uh, I actually stashed it away in my holiday section with my Halloween records. Yes, I'm that big of a geek that has a holiday section. So you're freaking the kids out, yeah, man. Yeah, because there's a lot of spoken word, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, a lot of weird sound effects, but then just some really cool, uh, I mean, obviously some of the best production of the 70s I, I've ever. seen it, but I, I'll be honest with you, and, and I have a few Alan Parsons at home yeah. and stuff, you know, but that, that's that's not one of them. No, it's, it's worth... If you like that weird trippy shit, very very Floyd, some cool vocoder kind of late seventies, early you know 
uh, progressive stuff. Could the stuff. Bulls, could the Chicago Bulls be introduced to it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Fair okay but it's a trippy, kind of a spooky, uh, ambient listen. Uh, and it's not for everybody, but in That's this cool time now, of man. the season, you it's one of my favorites. It. You always bring it, man. And I, I don't know if I, you could probably stream it, but... I only listen to it on vinyl because that's it's cool. It's creepier that way. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to the uh, lead singer from Red Light Go, Mike Skyte. Uh, what is on your table, bro? On my table, uh, I got pretty eclectic taste, so I'm listening go to a it. bunch of different stuff right now. As far as uh, just rock, poppy rock goes right now, I was telling you earlier, the Struts are great. They have a new album come out. It actually drops on October 26th. Uh, I'm going on a road trip next week. I was hoping it would come out before that. So I can listen to it on the way down, but uh, not, not the case. What, but, what's uh, what's their story now? I you know what I, I see Eddie Trunk kind of slobbering over him. I have guys that I grew up with that are that are into him and and go see him and kind of followed him around a couple shows. What what's their story, man? I know they got a flamboyant front man. And they all that. do, man. I'll tell you what. If you see them live, you will become a fan. That's all there is to it, man. Dude, they are great live. Uh, no their doubt. production on their first album is kind of weak. They were huge in the UK, and. Uh, Somebody brought them over to the United States, and their album was so terribly produced, they uh, reproduced just what they had from them, and that, that that's the gotcha. album that I have. Gotcha. And it's great, but uh, doesn't just doesn't compare it to seeing them live. What would you compare it to? I mean, is there anything to compare it to? Yeah, is man, it... they're very like a uh, cheap trick. Uh, oh, go old, on. Uh, um, like T-Rex, that type Shit, of stuff. Shit, man. Nice. Yeah, nice. man. They well, you're are, throwing stuff at me that I like. They're badass, man. They're you had me at Mark Boland. They're worth a check out. Right on. Uh, as far as the hard rock stuff, I was listening to a lot of uh, Volbeat. Right. That dude, uh, a lot of people can't stand the tone of his voice. He's got the thing, sounds kind of like this. But... Man, I just love it, man. <laughs> He's crazy. That's kind of spot on, Mike. Uh, and then uh, the thing I've listened to just on the way up here, uh, I don't know if you guys listened to the Bare Naked Ladies at all. I mean, I, I've, I'm, I'm hip to them. Back in the day, I was a big Bare Naked Ladies fan, and uh, at one point, about eight years ago or so, they kicked out their one lead singer. They had two lead singers. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I the one guy, Stephen Page, he... Got on a coke binge apparently, and they the rest oh, of the band couldn't take. Right, Quite you know, happens to everybody. Who's pointing yeah. fingers? But uh, they kicked <laughs> him out, and uh, so they continued, con you know, touring as Bare Naked Ladies without him. But uh, boy, everything they're putting out is just just terrible. And uh, just cruising through, uh, you know, listening to, to iTunes and stuff, I found that Stephen Page himself made a bunch of freaking solo albums, and they sound. Exactly like old bare naked it's ladies. It's what you want to hear. That's what you want to hear. So that's what I've been digging on lately. Cool, man. He just had a new album came out like a week ago. So I've been listening to that a lot. Well, lately. I know they're Canadian and they're funny as shit. If I remember Hilarious. correctly, they're, they're, I remember back. There was almost like a comedy duo. Absolutely, they two had were... skits through the whole. What happened? Yeah, what them happened? Live in concert too, what happened great. between those? What happened to those two? Again, like I said, it was just that he was on coke and he got to the point and that was where what did it? They uh. The, I mean, they have some stuff on YouTube, dude, that's hilarious. Like, they did a Christmas special, which was just before they broke up, and you can tell they all hate each other. It's crazy to watch it, wow. man. They don't look at each other. They're not really funny. They're still doing the jumps and the funny stuff, the skits from stage, but there's no inspiration in it. You know what I mean? It's just... They're going around with emotions. It's it's pretty embarrassing to watch. And 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 honestly, and I know uh, producer Greg wants to to weigh in on this too, but they and I don't want to slight either one of these bands. But they were talented in the way that Fish is because, and I'm not a Fish guy, but my friends who are, 
Like, they'll do anything live. Where you can go see them live, and they'll do an album. They'll do, like, a Pink Floyd album or, a, or the Beatles in its anything, entirety. Anything, yes. And they'll do trippy shit like that. Absolutely, it, yeah. They Well, every time I've ever seen them play, they'll stop in the middle and play, yeah, covers. Yeah, and or Fish fans, covers, don't, don't at covers. me. Don't at me, Fish fans. I just, I'm hey, just man, throwing that no, out there. you are absolutely correct. When right, but you know what fish, I mean? But... Yeah. Cool. All right, uh, Producer Greg, there was something you wanted to throw in. I don't think ever in my wildest imagination thought that we would be talking about bare naked ladies on we'll vinyl it, analysis. We'll make it fucking quick. But, <laughs> make it quick, yeah. But uh, I'm I'm a little bit younger than you. We've talked about this on mm-hmm. in previous episodes. My uh, I have older sisters who have who were jamming bare naked ladies, and I was seventh eighth grade, and they're one of the bands that got me really hip to being like. Wow, you can do more things than just fucking Puff Daddy songs. Right. So I, I, I don't listen to them as much, but Bare Naked Ladies have a little special spot right here in my heart. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. When I was growing up, that band was the Hooters. I'm just kidding. I don't even know what the fuck that means. The Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love Hooters? Come on. <laughs> well, those are those are cool, man. And I like how you did that. You gave us, uh, you know, something new, something old, something blue, something. That's stuff used. I've been listening to the past couple weeks. I was uh, totally honest. I wasn't making anything up. So. Fair enough. Now we got uh, Shannon Smith, the guitarist from Red Light Go. Now, wh- what's on your table, brother? Man, you know my stuff hasn't changed much for quite a while. Um, I've always been a huge Kiss fan. Um, and I got to tell you, man, most of the stuff that I listen to is like old Kiss. Kiss. All right. Now, familiarize me with Kiss a little bit because I kind of like that. <laughs> I know what, you guys what, have what, probably what, talked about this. Dude, like, here's the thing. Crazy. We always talk about Kiss. Yeah. We always talk about Kiss on the show because it's... It, and let me throw this out there. When I saw one time at a, uh, at a, at a certain party Red Light Go was performing at... And they busted in to Do You Love Me, and we all, and the three of us, include, and then Mike Dorsey, I just remember how much fun that was. See, yeah. it's like, even the most obscure kiss, if you throw it out there, we're all going to sing it, man. We're all yeah, going to sing it. If you're a Kiss fan, man, if you're a Kiss fan, then yeah, every song yeah. is a great yeah. freaking yeah. song. <laughs> Yeah, they're great, man. Uh, but if you don't like Kiss, yeah, you're shit out of luck. It's like, right. what is that? I've never heard of that one. So before. which ones, man? Which ones have you been jamming on, Shannon? Well, man, you know... Um, I, I go back to the really old stuff. I'm, I'm a big fan of Alive. Um, right. Actually, I just heard last night I was listening to that and uh, listened to um, 100,000 Years. I think one of the best live Kiss songs on that record and probably one of the best live songs ever. It's got a killer drum solo. Um, just everything about it is just, just oozes cool. I totally dig it. You know, I dropped a Mike Dorsey reference. Uh, it was about two or three weeks ago. It was when the announcement came that they're going to do their, their, their farewell or whatever we're, we're calling this, you know, with Kiss. But Mike and I put up our top 20 Kiss songs. Now, 100,000 Years, I love that song. You want to you talk about something depressing is when you're making a top 20 list for something like Kiss, and then you look at 20 through 25. The ones that didn't make the cut, right? It breaks your heart. You're yeah. like, what the hell? How can that not be in my top twenty? <laughs> right. You know, and people were. I mean, it was cool because a lot of people dug it and they understand that they understood that it was. This was just. These are our favorites, and you know, I, I threw one on from the elder. I mean, just stuff that oh, just. Dude, you, you know what I mean? Well, I, but, but, I, I, but I, for the thing example, is, that's a great song. I is a great song, but that. a world. But here's Man. the thing: yeah. I, I, I did stuff that was uh, important to me. I threw Beth on there. Now, is Beth one of my f- t- top twenty Kiss songs? It's not. But as a six and seven year old, I, I mean, I would call the radio station 95XIL over in Parkersburg, West Virginia, 
and I would bug the shit out of these guys to play Beth because that was the first song that I was really associated right, with, right. with them. So it, that meant something to me. It's not their a song... only top ten hit. Isn't of that all crazy? The songs had, Isn't that crazy? Only Mike? top ten hit. Dude, and the thing that's really crazy when I was a kid. QFM would play Beth. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. man. Yeah. Everybody was playing yeah. that. I mean, any any type, any type of format, whether oh, yeah. it was album-oriented rock or top 40, I mean, that, that Beth was getting played. Right. And 100,000 Years, what a great song. Oh, love it, love it. And the thing that, that was cool about Beth is if you bought the 45, which I had, you turn it over, you had Detroit Rock City. Boom. Ah, nice. So, boom, boom, done. Boom. <laughs> yeah, man. So what's on your table, Arch? Well, thanks for asking, Oh, uh, Sure. So, uh, fellas, we are creeping on, and, and it was funny, in the parking lot here, uh, Shannon and Mike <laughs> and I were, were talking about that we're getting older. Uh, we don't need to throw numbers out, but we're, no, we're getting there, man. No, no. It's uh, tough to be in your 30s, Guys, man. you want to you think, think about how old we are right now? Uh, we are closing in on the 30th anniversary of Metallica's Injustice for All Out. Holy cow, man. Wow. So, yeah, two on that tour. I saw that tour us. live yeah, absolutely. at the Ohio Center. I was there, man. I I'm was there. there. dating myself right I there. I was there. Uh, that was actually, and that was 1988. So that was uh, really, yeah. okay, okay, so here's the deal. Yeah, I was still wearing training pants. Yeah, though, here's, here's, stop it. So so here's the thing with, with Metallica's Injustice for All. And uh, I got into the band, and people have always asked me why I haven't done a, uh, a Metallica record yet it's because like all the guys I grew up with they're not here I mean we don't we all live in different parts of the country and I and I really want to do a Metallica record if I do a Metallica or Megadeth record I want I want to do it with the guys I grew up with yeah, you, you know yeah. what I mean I just I because and it, or it, it's just tough it's tough to talk about the stuff that really meant a lot to you with with other with other dudes no matter how much you, you dig people or it's 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 tough to do this record was huge for me because this was actually the first Metallica album that I was waiting on and I bought. I was hip to the band. Uh, halfway through the Master of Puppets tour, uh, I, I got into them. They they were out on the road with Ozzy Osbourne, and I had some friends that went to the show, and this was on the Ultimate Sin tour, and I had friends that went to the show. They came back and said, dude, this is the deal. This, 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 this Metallica band, is this is the next thing. So, and I actually went to uh, the store there in my hometown. They didn't have Master Puppets. They had Ride the Lightning. So I bought that on cassette, and then I ended up getting Master Puppets. I bought Garage Days when it came out, but it's not the same as waiting on that nah. that first album. Right. And I'm not one of the guys who bitches about the production on this. I'm oh, not one dude. of the guys. Now it listen, is, listen, so bad. listen. I, and you're a musician, though. You guys yeah. are musicians, and, and I get this. I'm not one of the guys that bitches about the bass. I, 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 on this record, I, I, here's my thing with this album, and I'm a huge Dave Mustaine guy, especially as I've gotten older. I, I've, I've gravitated more to Dave than any of these other cats. This was James Hetfield's. This this was it. He didn't have Dave Mustaine to write the record with him. Right. He no longer had Cliff Burton to to in, inject his genius into it. It was all on James for this, and the riffs and everything are just incredible. And I don't even bash on the drums as much as some of my buddies do, you know. But this 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 record in and of itself is is my all time favorite Metallica album, and I really think this was the last of the angry poor James that we had. Oh, I definitely and, agree and, with that. And, and and you know, guys, that's what you know. I got buddies who have rode the Metallica train; they rode it out. I saw some guys when we bought the Black album, and I went and saw them four times on that tour, and I was cool with everything, but it it, it never. It, it, they kind of that was it. They couldn't get past that. Bob Rock, 
you, my friends and I were talking about here recently how how James his voice it just it's not thrashy anymore. He can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. As far as that, because Bob Rock sent him on this on this this thing. And granted, guys, they sold a gajillion records. I get it. I get it. And they and they're not going to sell fifty million of this one. I, I understand that. As big as one was, they're just not. But I I think this was the end of the innocence for a lot of us. And and that that's why I've, I've been jamming on it since the 30th anniversary. And if you guys want to weigh on this, and I know Mike, you go ahead, man, go for it. And Shannon, hop in on this record as well. Well, you love it so much, man. I no, don't it's want cool, to dog man. on it. No, guys, of... I've heard it. I've heard it. There's no, ba- I get it, and I get it. We're gonna, you know, and this remastered version that's coming out. I don't know if it's gonna be the injustice for Jason and all that stuff. And I love Jason. I love New Kid. Yeah, he's, he's he's great, man. And when he left, guys, that that was. He was the connection with the fans. Yeah, he was the guy that would always be out there waiting for us. We'd be, I'd be sitting outside of Charleston, West Virginia, there at the Civic Center in Charleston, and it's two or three in the morning, and everybody's saying the band left, the band left, and then you see New Kid pop his head out, and there he was, like, guys, get in here. They treated and, him so terribly. And they treated man. him like oh, shit, man. Mike. Oh my God, there's they so treated many him like shit. videos on YouTube of them just trashing him on stage when he's yeah. trying to sing and he's trying to cover backups for like when. James can't get a note out, he'll sing it. Then James will run over to him and go like, "You don't you sing on my freaking part. And it's right. like, hey, man. I know, man. Well, and, and now I'm hearing a rumor, and I, Shannon, I want to hear your take on this record, but now I'm hearing a rumor that Kirk Hammett wants to, Kirk Hammett wants to do a solo record. Well, good fucking luck with that, uh, Kirk. Yeah. Seriously, Good, man, luck, good even... luck with that, because James is going to let you. Right. Yeah, but, we'll, we'll see if that gets released. So, uh, Shannon, do you want to weigh in on this as, as well? And, and Mike, go ahead and keep going on, on the production if you want, because no, it's cool. I get it. Everybody has a different that's why I don't bash on anybody and what they like or Bob whatever. Rock, I get it. Basically, I mean, well, I mean, again, being musicians, you listen to the album and there is, there's no bass. You can't hear the bass line. <laughs> Although he's playing great bass lines. He really is, man. I mean, he was, this was his time to shine. He thought, holy crap, I'm on a Metallica record and yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to play, man. I'm going to yeah. play stuff that, that makes me, puts, sets me down, cements me in the rock and, it was and a roll. Com- it was a very complex record. It would have been awesome to hear that. Don't get me wrong. But- and they just squashed him. They just squashed him. They took him out of the whole freaking record, man. I was like, oh my goodness. What, why would you do that to the poor guy? It, it's it's crazy the way they treated him, Shannon. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to hearing the remastered version just to see if they're going to pump that up some. Since that's been the common bitch Oh, Since for that years. records come and out, and I knew, so. and I knew, guys, when this when this came out thirty years ago, I knew it sounded different. I knew it sounded different, but I was so focused in it. Remember how it was, guys, when we were just—it was all about the riffs. Yeah, you wanted to hear the riffs. You wanted to hear. You wanted, and that was the thing. It was like, what was Mustaine going to come up with? What was James going to come up with? You know, or whatever your band was at that time on the thrash scene. But it was, it was all about the riffs, and even in the in the hard rock scene with the crews and and everybody else, it was all about that riff. Who's remastering it? Do you know? Is it Bob Rock going to do it? No, oh God. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> That's a great I've question. I've seen interviews with Bob That's a great Rock, question. and he said the yeah. biggest. Uh, disappointment of his whole career was that Metallica album where he's like, man, he goes, if I could go back and do it the way I wanted to do it, he says, I'll bet we'd sell a million more records but right I, off the bat. And that's the thing. I just, I don't want Bob Rock <sighs> touching the short straw. I do not want Bob Rock touching Harvester of Sorrow. Huh. I, I just, I, I don't. I don't. And what he did for them, he got them all two or three houses and boats and all that good shit. I get it. And they'll never have to worry. They're the biggest band in the world, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. But it's it was one of those things, man, in 1988 where it was like, this is awesome. And it was, 
it was just it was different. It was it was and, and I guess it was the lack of production because you you hear master a puppets and, and you hear ride the light and you're like holy shit right holy well, shit well, for, put for, but it was different yeah car, man. Right, and that's right. what will thump you out of the car i know car. i know Where this one it's like I know. But, all treble right and and i think a lot of that has to do with and i'm not trying to bring the room down in any stretch but they did see their their they did see their guy die yeah you, I, and i think that affected I, I think it affected james big time like big time like i'm i'm a, i'm astonished that they were able to try people out weeks later and, and do that and put that all together. And I guess, hey, you, you won the lottery, Jason Newstead, but guess what? We're going to haze the fuck out of you. I don't even know if that's hazing because you do hazing to your brothers. It, this it, well, is, and it's, yeah, it's hazing, you know, for the first month or two. Yeah, but, you I mean, for this whole career for in the while, band, it's like, come man, on, I know, man. I know. It's, it it's, just never stopped. It never stopped. And and Jason deserved a better, a better faith than that. But I, this is just... As far as James Hetfield goes, I, I think this was this was it, man. This was it, and then nothing else matters, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> right, guys. <laughs> and that's the way that goes. Uh, it is final analysis. This is the podcast for seventies and eighties hard rock discussion. I have uh, Mike and Shannon from Red Light Go, and folks, we are going to talk about Rats' debut album, nineteen eighty four's Out of the Cell. Now, remember, they had the the Rat album before that. That was an EP. It, you know, and it was great. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good record. You, good you record. think you're tough. One uh, of my favorite rat songs. Yeah, I mean it's great. It record. sounds like great shit. song. I no, mean, I'm it's with horribly you. produced, but it's awesome. But guys, before we get into all of this, and I'm going to lean on the lead singer first. Uh, here's the deal: when this is being recorded, and you go, you went ahead and mentioned when this is being recorded, and and, and by the time this gets released in a couple weeks, with a week or two here, there are three things. That I think we're going to talk about here with Stephen Piercy and the situation that he's in. Status quo, rats still on the road, and we'll get into what the problem is. I'm just throwing out what's happening. He's going to get help for whatever's going on, or he's going to end up dead. I, it's, it's look, man, this is the this is the Janie Lane story all, all over, over again, again. Yeah, yeah. all over again. Uh, for those of you that aren't hip, and Mike, I will. I'm going to lean on you here first, but uh, it was a couple of weeks ago where Stephen Piercy. He hopped up on the drum riser and he was slurring and it was a horrible, it was a, it was just a, a shit show, literally a shit show. Literally. He apologized, said he's got a, a hurt knee, he's on pain medication and he was drinking. All right. Now, a lot of us, a lot of us though, that have seen this and a lot of us that are close to 50 now, and we discussed this in the parking lot. My you knee's guys. hurt and I drink and I don't act like We've that. We've <laughs> seen this shit before. Exactly. And I was joking around with you guys. This is not a bourbon and pop buzz. This is something else. Well, it happened again. Uh, this past weekend from uh, the recording of this show and he was slurring and people were booing and and it's just it's a sad sad state of affairs and i'm i haven't been one of the guys that have been joking about it because i think the dude is in serious trouble uh mike skite uh lead singer of red light go your thoughts on this whole scenario my man well i mean come on man it's, it's steven Pearson. i don't even know where to start man we'll just start with this as far as his alcoholism and coke and whatever methamphetamines i don't know what he's on but uh, a couple weeks ago he was on the show or they the video came out where you know he right. was sitting on the drum riser and holding on to the drums almost pulling the drums down off the stage i was waiting for it i was watching the whole video waiting for him to pull the drums down and you see the drummer the whole time giving him this look like dude come on man uh and so yeah so he came out and he explained it away oh my gosh well i was on you know pain medications and this and that and whatever and it's like okay, well, do you still, how about how many pain medications are you on, dude? <laughs> right. And as you know, you wash that down with a 
you know, case of beer uh, and whatever. Who knows? But anyway, so, of course, that was debunked because he came out with a new one here this couple days ago. Yeah. Where uh, he was actually standing, though. I mean, he was walking. He was walking around the stage. He was doing his thing. But, uh, man, he kept walking over to either one side or other of the stage and talking to... You know, his guitar player or bass player trying to, you know, rock with them or whatnot. And they're looking at him like, dude, please stop coming to my side of the stage. But it was, it was amp, though, Mike. And that's the thing. We've all you're a lead singer. I, I'm, a, I'm a, a, a radio DJ. I've been up on stage in front of people where I've been drinking and I slur my speech a little bit, you know, and everybody's laughing. Bro, that's 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 and, you know, you you guys have well, done shots on sure. the on a second oh, set yeah. of a night. Dude, I mean, oh, yeah. it, it happened. Time, but man. that's not what I'm seeing, Mike. That's no, not what I'm seeing. No, man. this is absolutely blitzed, man. I mean, blitzed before he ever even takes a step on stage, man. The band is trying so hard to cover for him. They're trying so hard, man. And the I band's feel bad really for all good. The they are. They're a good band. Uh, but watching them, and like I said, being a musician, I feel bad for them. They're trying to, they're like, we have to make it through this show. Whether Steven makes it through the show or not, we got to make it through the show. These people paid to come in here, and we got to do what we're doing. And Steven comes out, man, and uh, yeah, he just, he, he's not doing his job. He's not doing his job. He just can't do it. Well, And it's not rap without Warren. I, some I, would totally. some would argue it's it's not rat without Robin, which well, I, that's a good just, fight too. I mean, but he's no not alive. Actual rat touring. Right. I mean, Stephen Piercy's got his band of I've never, I don't recognize any of the guys well, who are playing with him. Well, Juan uh, Krausier is in the band, but and here's the thing: we've discussed this on the show before. Warren D. Martini leaving, and you might hear my uh, Doc and ringtone going right there, which is kind of kind of <laughs> cool. That it happens. Yeah. But but Warren D. Martini and and Mike, if you want to touch on it, and then Shannon, I want to hear the guitarist's angle as well. I think, and I don't want to I, look. None of us know what's going on, but we wondered why Warren D. Martini just went ahead and and said, "No, you know what? I'm going to take a, an El Paso on, on this tour." And I think we might be seeing. I'll why. tell you what. Well, Warren D. Martini can still play. He's and well, he's one of the he, best he was, from the era. He oh, was yeah. a we great just, guitar yes. player then, and he's still good now. And I'm sure the reason he signed up for it because I mean they hadn't played together for so many years because of all the crap going on. But finally they got together. They talked. They said, "Okay, let's go on tour." And I'm sure he wanted to show that. Look, I can still play like I like I did back in the day. But I'm sure when they were rehearsing, Stephen comes in there and he's like, "This is gonna make me look bad." That's my opinion, Shannon. We were we were talking about, uh, yeah, no, that's that's true, and, and you got to be careful. It's like we have so many of examples of guys that either let themselves go, just start, kept doing drugs like they were in their twenties, you know, and 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 honestly, if you're gonna, if you know, Kevin Dubrow, man, Jesus Christ, I mean, how many of these guys that this fellows, it's it's just not 1984 right, anymore. Right. It's not. I mean, that was a sad story thing. right there. That's one of those guys that did. Very well for a long time was clean and sober. And Kevin was and an awesome great front dude. man, yeah, great was, pipes. He still killer. had it at yeah. that age and was doing it. Yep. And then you know was doing one, one wrong turn and you know you get the wrong done. cocaine, man. Yeah, this is like not, it's it's a young man's game when it comes to that shit, Kevin. It, yeah. it just is, man. It, but these guys sad. all grew up doing that, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, when yeah. they were in their heyday, yeah. they were all in their early 20s, man. So, I mean, this is this is what formed them, you know? And they were like, this is my life. For the rest of my life, this is what I'm doing, man. I am a rock star. And, uh, you know, when you're 50, that's just not, just not pretty anymore, man. You got to realize that maybe it's time to, you know, cut back a little bit. Do, you know, and we brought up Janie Lane 
Shannon. Yeah. That was something you and Mike were, we we had talked about. This is uh, it's very similar to that situation, and we'll get to out of the cellar here in just a few. But quite honestly, when you're talking rat, we'd be damn fools not to bring this up because this is what everybody our age is talking about. Right? Is Stephen Piercy right now in the situation he's in? I mean, Janie Lane. We watched. We've we've seen this shit happen before, right. man. You know the the, fo- the the Seattle scene. We get it. You you guys you guys you win when it comes to, to 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 drug addiction and all that stuff. But I'm telling you, the way that some of these guys in the '80s have been able to hang on, it's just they can't do it anymore. Right? They can't do it like this anymore. <clears throat> yeah, man. physically they can't do it, and they still think they can. And of course, you know, they're out in front of all of these people that just totally adore them and, and still think, you know, even 30 years later, they're like way up here in these rock gods. I, I brought it up the other day, guys. I, I don't, everybody bitches about like the singer, he can't sing like this anymore. I go to see these guys because they're dropping off like flies. Right. I went to go see Dawkins because I wanted to see Don Dawkins. Mm-hmm. He meant a lot to me growing up. I wanted to see him. Is he is he still in in the uh, in that same register? Is he in, in that range? No, man. Is he mailing it in? A, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. But you know what? I was happy to see him. Yeah, at least he's I was, still doing it. I, I was just, I was happy to see him. I, I mean, I saw him in his heyday. I saw that. But it's like, I when when these guys drop off, I'm like, shit. I wish I would have saw him. You know, it was and this is uh, it was a couple years ago. It was actually two years ago in Cincinnati. I wanted to go see Joe Lynn Turner. He was playing at this small this small club. In, in Cincinnati, and it snowed, and I, I wasn't able to go. It was two winters ago. And I'm not shitting you. A year later, he has like a heart attack or he has some heart issues, and, and I really don't know what Joel and Turner's doing now. And he, he sure know, shit might not know. be coming back to Cincinnati. I, I know that. So I was like, as soon as that happened, I'm like, that's it, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and then people were dropping off. We had a couple people die in that in this community from the from the whole Sunset Strip thing. And I'm like, that's it, man. If they're, if they're close, I'm going. I'm going. I don't. I don't give a shit about any of the other stuff. And check this out, guys. And I was telling you guys about this off the air. This is my uh, "Rat Out of the Cellar" album. Now, this is this is this is the one. You know, a lot of these uh, shit that you know I bought in college uh, on the record stores, uh, High Street, and different places. Uh, you know, across Ohio. You know, I was trying to because I bought tapes and some of the stuff I was buying tapes for, and I tried to. But this was this was this was my Rat album. And in 1997, when Rat and it was around 96 when Rat first got back together. And uh, and and they were on a tour, and and I interviewed the the band, and Stephen Piercy couldn't have been a bigger prick. He was he was grumpy. He was he was just pissed off. He was mad. Look at that autograph. And like like everybody on the morning show that I used to work on, they're like they used to hey tell them about that rat autograph you got Archie and <laughs> and I would. But you know what? And then I was telling the guys here, Greg, five or six years later, I saw him on a solo show, and I think he was clean. I think he was cool. And and. I went and talked to him and even told him about this and he's kind of laughing and he's like, yeah, my autograph's never really that good, you know, and, but we, but he was so cool to me. We talked about his, his dragsters and, and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I just caught Steven on a bad day, but I, I think I caught Steven when he was probably looking for something. If you guys, you, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. And it's, so now looking back on it, it's like, damn, he can be a good guy. Yeah. You got, yeah. And we'll, and, and we'll put this up on our Instagram account uh, as well. This picture of this autograph. Um, but it's tough, man. We'll, and we'll get into the record. Any final thoughts on on Stephen Piercy and 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 what we're dealing with here, guys? I think this this isn't going to end good, no, guys. You know, unless uh, they, unless they stop this fucking right, tour. Right. That's exactly what's going to happen. He's got to get off the road. He's got to get some help, and um, hopefully he can pull through it. Because you know, like we were just talking about. I mean, he's 
Guys, he's too old. He can't do this shit anymore. I, I disagree. I think he's going to keep playing this tour. <laughs> You're right. And he's going to Mike keep jamming, it. and he's going to rock out because he thinks he's doing great. Oh, yeah. He has no idea that he's terrible. And uh, this is going to be the end of it. It's going to be done, man. Nobody's going to want to see Rat anymore. That's that's he's going to ruin it for everybody. Yeah, he's definitely. Re- kill real it. quick story, and I've told this before, but and then we'll get into the album. But um, I went to go see uh, Stephen Piercy. This was in the early two thousands. I went to go see Stephen Piercy. He's playing at a little bar in Marysville, Ohio. Uh, American Dog opened up. You guys remember American oh, yeah. Dog? And now a lot of those guys are in, in Rat Bastard Syndicate, which is another just kick ass band. Mm-hmm. And uh, but anyway, I went to go see him, and, and Stephen was great. He was great, but check this out, guys. So I'm at this, uh, and it was Lee Dog Saloon, okay? And I'm there, and this dude had a Blue Jackets jersey on there at this show, and he kept playing Pantera. He kept playing Pantera. And I even remember saying something to Michael Hannon. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I go, dude, I, I love Pantera as much as anybody in this room, but this guy is just playing the Pantera out the ass. I find out a couple years later, once this is all said and done, it was that dude that shot Dimebag. And he was at that show, and he lived in an Real apartment get out of above here. Yeah, this. Man. Wow. So, kind of crazy. And that was a good night for Steven. When I when I got to talk to him, that was that was another good night where he was he was super cool. He was happy to to be there, and he he played round and round and really didn't get uptight about it. And <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Right. But that was a strange night, man. That was the guy who ended up killing Dime. Yeah, but, crazy. All right. Rats debut album, 1984's Out of the Cellar. There were three singles released, Round and Round, Wanted Man, and Lack of Communication. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Mike Skite. Uh, your thoughts on this record, what it what it meant to you, and just looking back on it now, here we are, however many years later. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Rats Out of the Cellar, bro. Tell you what, when this album first came out, true story, I uh, a friend of mine bought it. I didn't have the album yet. I was young. I was maybe, what? Maybe a freshman in high school, maybe. Sorry, right. we're not dating ourselves. It's all good. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, a friend of mine got it. I went over to his house, and he, for some reason or another, got grounded by his mom and dad. So he was up in his room, and I stood outside the front of his house, and he opened his window, put a speaker out in the window, and played round and round for me like seventeen times in a row. What a good dude, man! <laughs> I was like, what a holy good dude. god, yeah, I loved it, man. So, uh, yeah, as soon as I scraped up, you know, whatever albums were back then, seven or eight bucks, went out and bought it myself, man. Yeah, listened to the whole thing. Um, talk, about what you were ta- talk about what you were talking about, though, in the parking lot, because this is cool. You said, you know what, guys, I haven't really thrown this record on in a long time, and I threw it on last night. And what did it? What did it do, man? I'll tell you what, man. You know you're gonna you're not gonna like what I have to it's say. It's okay, man. You, uh, you fucking already <laughs> shit all over Injustice for All. So okay, well I'm gonna shit gonna all break over my this heart too, there. Then, man. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, none of them held up to to my memory. I wish I would have just not listened to it. Because you were an invasion guy, though. Invasion of privacy, and there's there's a, there's a separation. There is so much there's a better there separation there. there is. But uh, yeah, man, I had. In my head, I, I couldn't wait. When you said we're going to talk about Rats out of the cellar, I was like, oh, All right, love me, that freaking album. But let, I hadn't listened to it in so long. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Motley Crue. Okay, this is two camps here. Okay. Too Fast for Love or Shout at the Devil. Who? Boy, that's a tough one. Now, right. Motley Crue. Because there's two camps on this as well. Same same damn thing. And that, it's amazing. They were my number one. I'm going through the 80s. They where, were my number one. Motley where, Crue. Where, where are you going? Where are you going with it? Uh... I'm going to go shout the devil, man. Okay. See, that doesn't shout. You're an invasion guy. Yeah. I like Too Fast for Love, and I like Out of the Cellar. There's something about these Sunset Strip bands and these first records 
before the the, the producers and everybody gets their claws right, on them. Right. But it's a bad. Don't get me wrong. Once they get their claws on them, then they start shitting hits. They do. Don't, don't get me wrong. Right. But uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah, when they go out, you yeah. know, and buy their Corvettes and yeah, all that. Ex- exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. But, uh, some I of mean, your favorite tracks off of it, man. What do you think? Just looking at it there. What's some of your favorite tracks? Wanted Man, great freaking song. Round and Round, the best song on the album. There's no doubt about it, man. Even the video with uh, Milton Berle. Well, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He, his nephew was their uh, manager. Really? Oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah, because he also does his... Uh, he dresses up like a woman. He dresses up in drag in that move, yeah. in that video, man. If we oh, yeah. around eating dinner. Uncle Milty, man. Absolutely. Uncle Milty. So that was freaking great, man. Uh, lack of communication... It's a terrible song. It's just Would you his, stop man. it, man? <laughs> it's You're breaking my heart. Lack of it, communication. Lack of. Uh, yeah. is, it yeah. not, is it not have enough bass in it? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was hard for me to listen to. <laughs> Again, it was one of those where I was like, "Oh yeah, lack of communication." And when it came out, I was like, "Yeah, all right, that one didn't hold up as well as others." You know, but I mean, some of them are great. Some of them are not so great. Although I, I like the album. I mean, it holds a big place in my growing up and my you know evolution of stuff that I've been listening to. And as a singer, what did you think of Stephen Piercy? Because there are some guys who shit on that voice, but I thought it was cool. I thought when this first when when the Sunset Strip really hit the masses when we're talking about the crews and and the rats and, and stuff like that, I I thought the singers they they were different. Vince's voice was different and Stephen's voice was different. I thought it was badass. As a singer, I mean, what was your take on, on Steven's voice and, and how he like ranks with the rest of the cats? Well, here's the thing. Um, now, again, I told you Motley Crue was my number one. So they, I thought Vince Neil's voice was great. I thought yeah. he sang great. Went and saw him live, and he doesn't sing, man. He only spits out a word or two. Makes oh, he the, skips. Steven Piercy, I saw them, and he did, sang every song. Even in his drunken stupor, he's still saying all the freaking words of the song. So you got to give him credit for that. Terribly, but he but he did he did them all. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm with you, man. Now, uh, as far like as being a great vocalist or a great singer, no, he's, it was unique. He's just though, not, wasn't it? it he's was got unique. a unique voice, but uh, uh, there was always a rumor back in the day that uh, they had to when the, he was recording the album, play the root note in his headphones instead of just letting him listen to the song and sing. They had to just play the root notes to each line so he could stay on key. Talk to the layperson. What exactly is people are like, listen, that's kind of cool. That's something so that hasn't like, been mentioned on vinyl analysis. So like if he's play, if you know, the guitar player is playing the riff, let's take a song. So for in his headphones, they're just be playing. To keep wow. him on key. So he can just sing to that note. He knows not to stray off of that note. Wow, that is I, I I did not know that. Yeah, that is that's weird. Wild and, uh, shit. Now knowing that, yes, knowing sir. that, yes, go sir. back and listen to some of the stuff. Okay, and, all right, and you hear that there's no fluctuation at all in his when he's singing through the lines of the song. So it's like holy crap. Okay, well our music nerd over here, go ahead. You want to hop in on this as well, don't you, Greg? I always listen to the records at a time, but this record is very. Flat. It's really fucking cool, but all the goddamn songs sound the goddamn same. You're absolutely right, man. I did the same thing. Like I said, I had in my head, this was one of the greatest albums for when I grew up. Knowing that we were going to talk about this, I threw it on yesterday and I listened to the whole thing and I went, huh? Boy, it's just right. not as good as I remember. Yeah. Shannon, come on. Come on, Shannon. You know, man, pull, pull, I, come on, bro. Come on. You're with me on this, Shannon. Come on. Well, when it comes to his vocal, um, I think they're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
but, yeah, I, but right, but, right. I, I get, I get it, but, guys. You know, this being, isn't Rob Halford right, we're talking right, but about. Being I understand a, being that. A, being a guitar player, I'm, you know, that's not why I really dug Rat. Um, I mean, you had Warren D. Martini, who's one of the best guitarists of our generation, I, and is, is, I and agree. is still, I agree, very much so up there. But him and Robin Crosby together were Dude. just a team you couldn't, right. you and, couldn't touch. And where do you, and look and and I put. I put, uh, uh, I would say, the, the dudes in Maiden. All right, so I yeah. mean, I, I, you know, I, as far as like the two guitars and 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 KK and and Glenn, I, I get yeah, that. The and, thing, yeah, yeah, but, and then and then you know, Dave and Adrian and, and Maiden. Dave Murray's still one of my all time favorite oh, yeah, guitar yeah, he's players. Great too. But these guys get under, uh, they get kind of underlooked a little, uh, overlooked uh, or under. Uh, however uh, you want to fucking yeah, say underlooked it. for sure. But, but yeah. I think they don't really get the credit that's due. And Robin Crosby was. We talked about riffs with James Hetfield. And this might sound sacrilegious, but he wrote Robin Crosby. That is some of the most iconic riffs yeah, of that era, yeah. kids. And if you look at the songs of rap that you like, you're gonna see fucking Crosby's name uh, in the in, well, the, in and, the notes. And, and this was Robin's band. I mean, he oh, was sure the, he, was, he was man. the lead guitar player six, and the four, guy that, who's telling him well, six well, five. Then that too, tall yeah. he was. You know, and and I think that was part of his downfall um, with the the drugs and everything else and. Um, drinking and everything because Warren, when Warren came in, he he took over the show because he was flashy. And, you know, he was just Warren great. was amazing. And and, yeah. and honestly, uh, the guy who uh, introduced Warren to that band, and he was a part of Mickey Rat, and a guy who is my favorite guitarist of the era, not named Eddie Van Halen, uh, and that's Jakey Lee. And and we've, we've oh, discussed yeah. we oh, discussed yeah. Jakey Lee on this program a oh, lot. He's, he's huge. Bust out the Badlands CD anytime. Oh, my goodness. So good. No kidding, man. Uh, One of my faves. You said the E word. Eddie, like... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. uh, Because Round and Round could be a Van Halen track. I mean, just his, that... Oh, these L.A. guitarists were beyond influenced on him. But yeah. more I mean, specifically so than I, th- I think Martini than some of the other ones that we've heard from. Uh, uh, He's one of the best. I mean, Round yeah. Round could we... be a Van Halen track. But but you you hear me talk about you hear me talk about about two or three guys from that scene, and and we talked about the the singers uh, with Mike. But but Shannon, I want to hear your take. I mean, I hold Jakey e. Lee, Warren D. Martini, and and George Lynch. I I, I just. There's something about those three cats. All of those guys uh, are the guitar player is what drives that band. I mean, as far as Dawkins, it was never because Careful. Don Dawkins was. I'm sorry. Careful. No, I, I I'm got just it. saying. I got it. It's no, not because it. he it. was a great singer. It's because freaking George Lynch tore that crap up. That I mean, was a, we found out more of what an all-star band Dawkins is because Jeff Pilson in, in uh, I mean he was the Michael Anthony of that with a great bass line oh, yeah. and the great harmonies uh, Mick Brown one of the more uh, overlooked or underlooked uh, drummers right. from the era and, and George Lynch is is on my Mount Rushmore absolutely so, uh, it's the same definitely. thing with Rat yeah. though man I mean because you know Stephen Pearce he's, he's not a great singer he's just not I mean he did Don what he sings had... circles around oh, Stephen yeah. I, I yes, get, let's, he does, let's, he does. Let's yes, not... does. absolutely alright and he signs a better autograph well <laughs> that I don't know do you have an autograph for him too oh yeah oh god dude I fucking hung out with Don about a month uh, ago nice. at a hotel in uh, really. I'll tell you in what. Dayton. Did you ever see that video? <laughs> True story. Here so were you, were you in the hotel? You were outside. Did you ever oh. see the Here and Aid video? Oh yeah, it was yeah. like uh, we're stars, man. For Africa. Yes, we're stars. Uh, Roddy James Dio in that video. Oh, Don Dawkins is in the studio and he's just like. 
dude, can you please mm-hmm. just give me a little grit, something? And Don's like, I'm sorry. I just That's the way I say Oh, that's the way I sing. I just can't help it. <laughs> but, dude, they all, I mean, seriously, though, that's all like, I mean, you talk about, and Greg, you can edit this if you want, but you want to talk about just like jacking off. I mean, with, with the guitar players or the singers or whatever, but the hearing aid, that's a record we need to do because that oh my goodness but people so forget good. about that but oh, here we yeah. go we know that fucking record yes we do we know that record that is an awesome 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 <laughs> song i mean in in a cheesy kind of 80s way very yeah. cheesy but awesome i i just i have the the i have the vhs tape of that of the making of here day dude oh, so i could bring it for you <laughs> yes great, Fuck, let's man. watch that, dude, we yeah. that the next time the next now uh, shannon go ahead some songs off that record what are your favorite ones bro well yeah obviously you know round and round for sure um i always really dug she wants money um you know catchy tune and um and don't they right oh my god yeah where do i drop where do i drop it on you because here's the thing Uh, so and lack of communication used to be one of my favorite songs until Mike shit all over of it. Communication, lack of. But I like the riff. But yeah, like, yeah, but, to but what you're saying, yeah, to, what you're saying off. to what you're saying, Mike, but I want to throw another song at you. Um, and I loved Wanted Man, and I loved uh, the video for it. I, how can you not like Rat in a, in a Western scenario? Right. But I want to throw a song at you. It's a, it's a Robin Crosby, and that's You're in Trouble. That's yeah, the one. That, that is my that's a, favorite. That's a great tune too. That's my favorite yeah. song off this album, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one that I I dug when I first when I first when I first threw that down, man, on on my table. So, um, can we all agree that uh, what are we looking at here, guys? Wanted man's awesome. You're in trouble. Round and round. Uh, lack of communication. We're a little divided on that one. Uh, the second side. The second side of the record. It it is it is the weaker one. Yeah. Uh, lack of communication and back for more are. Uh, Back for More is a solid song. I, that's, I was going to say, I like Back for More. It's got a Zeppelin vibe with that 12-string acoustic. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And, yeah. and that's that's like, Robin. That, and that's like one of the first songs that I learned on guitar when I was jamming in bands. Damn. You know, it was just like, once, I, once I got that once I got that part down, I'm like, yeah, man, I can fucking do this. But, but yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah, it's great. Guys, uh, I, I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Is there any, any last, any final statements? Uh, Shannon, I'll start with you. Any final statements uh, on uh, on Rat, the state of rock and roll, Don Dockin just you know kicking fucking ass? What do you, what do you got, man? <laughs> okay, yeah. So 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 ju- so just to appease you, Don Dockin does kick ass. Yes, he does. Um, George Lynch is still. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't the care how state. I don't care how Under Lock and Key was <laughs> written, as long as it was right. Written, right. That's just that's my favorite album from that era. Yeah, and mine too. Um, I was able to tell Don that uh, at a hotel there in the um, out on the patio. A few weeks ago, but pants uh, on or off? Uh-huh, uh-huh. The first so five the... minutes they were on, <laughs> but you know, in my dreams. But he's a smooth talker. Oh, he's such yeah. a smooth talker, even at that age. Uh, Shannon Smith, thank you so much, man. Thank I you. Hope, Thanks I hope for you having us, man. Uh, had a great time, man. And, and then Mike Sky as well, man. You guys, that's so cool. It's rare that I get guys in here. I get guys in here that are my age, but to have a couple dudes from a band that we're all. Kind of, and this is the shit we did to each other, Greg. I, I get it. It's like we, I don't get pissed off when they when they talk about Don Doc and you know. D- <laughs> no, man. Like I, I get said, it, man. We, Molly Crew, t- dude, was my jam, and dude, I mean Vince Neil. How could I defend Vince Neil? I mean, you know, I understand. Did you think? And, and, and I'm gonna close with this, but I want to I want to pick your brain on this. Once once shout was done, and then you heard Theater of Pain. Were you like? Yeah. 
Uh, you know what? Um, I mean, we bought them. Dude, I bought them all. I did. Of course all. I bought well, it, man. I was waiting for it to come out, man. Yes, I, we I, fucking I were couldn't waiting. wait. But the, yeah, they went all pink. They went, you know what? You know why they did that? Dude. You know why they went that way? Because Poison came Poison. out. Yeah, Poison yeah. came out and blew everybody the F away. They were like, where did these guys come from? And Motley Crue, everybody else followed suit. I mean, through the 80s, everybody, you know, you, you whoever you want to hold up there, us. right? <laughs> the whole makeup thing and the looking like girls, that came from Poison. That's all there is to it. And guys, uh, talk to us, uh, bands' websites, uh, any date, any upcoming dates this this uh, fall and winter. What? Where can we find Red Light Go? And I should mention, and and these guys are the current champs right now. They are the QFM 96 house band, uh, the station that I work at here in, in Columbus, Ohio. And this is where you can find, and don't remember, you can access Vinyl Analysis at QFM96.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. But uh, yeah, guys, uh, where, can, where can we find Red Light Just Go? Just go to Facebook, man. Go to Facebook. Uh, look up Red Light Go. Band. Hey, man, we have like 12 likes. So we're, you know, we're trying to get up to 15. Oh, stop. So if everybody Dude, would get the, on there. The thing that sucks is he's been saying this for three years. I know. And it's we're still, still not there. Still, still at 12. <laughs> So, yeah, if you guys just go to Facebook, look up Red Light Go. Uh, if you like our page, you will get more announcements than you ever want of where we are playing. So <laughs> Fun, man. You guys are so much fun live. You Thanks, really man. are, man. Thank you, you do man. a great job, man. Thank you so much. So we got uh, Mike and Shannon from Red Light Go. And for producer, Greg Hansberry, I am Arch Madness, and this has been Vinyl Analysis. Stay frosty. <laughs> Talking 80s rock.